Hello and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Kuboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. Big first episode of 2019 today. Uh, We have so much to discuss. I was just in Los Angeles with Julie, and we did the Golden Globes after-party circuit hard, and we have a lot to discuss about that. And we also will catch up on the royal news we missed uh, over the holiday and this week. A lot to dig into. Right. We're going to touch on Christmas, the holidays, briefly. We got so many messages from you all, so we definitely have to check in on that. We're also going to discuss Meghan Markle's, uh, I guess mental state alleged her alleged mental state these days and her first official visit of the new year we're also going to check in on a kind of peripheral royal character right josh james middleton yes a fun mystery to dig into there let's start out by listening to a voicemail from our kind of unofficial overseas correspondent helen This is from Over the Holidays. Take it away, Helen. Hi there, it's Helen from London. Just wanted to ring and wish you all a very happy new year. Hope you had an amazing Christmas. I think it was a great Christmas for the Royals. Didn't Kate and Meghan look amazing at their appearance at church on Christmas Day? I think Kate absolutely nailed it with the red kind of burgundy-coloured outfit. And she just looked so comfortable. And it was so lovely seeing them all together. And whether that was for the cameras or not, like they put on that show of unity and that's exactly what we all want to see at Christmas. So I thought it was such a good holiday vibe. And then, oh my gosh, Thomas Markle in the press again this weekend, just banging on about things. And um, I just think it's such a shame that he has to resort to this each time. And I know you guys are talking about it before Christmas and with Katie and everything, which was an amazing interview. Really enjoyed that. But um, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe you're right. Maybe Harry or someone from the palace does just need to reach out. Otherwise, he's just going to keep going and going and going. Such a shame we have that to start the new year. But hopefully Meghan and Harry are all kind of wrapped up in their own exciting year to come. Um, So, yeah, anyway, just wanted to say hi and hope you have an amazing January. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you, Helen. Uh, Josh, what did you think of the whole public display outside the church on Christmas Day between Megan and Kate? So I know we were all very much waiting with bated breath, Julie and I in particular, uh, not even able to focus on our family-related goings-on over Christmas to see these photos. I'm only exaggerating slightly, though, honestly, because I was very curious what the photo was going to look like this year of the four of them entering the church. Julie, I'm not sure how you feel. I was a little bit maybe because there was so much buildup about the purported feud between Kate and Megan, between William and Harry, the photo was a little bit of a letdown. Um, I didn't, I wanted a lot and I felt like there wasn't so much for us to really grab onto. Obviously you only get, you know, one photo. Um, I wanted, you know, a camera following them into the church. I wanted some sort of like Instagram live to happen from Christmas morning. You kind of have so little to go off of. It's like the plight of covering the Royals. Um, they looked happy. I think there was the one thing that I saw getting a lot of traction was sort of they walked past everyone. Charles was standing right in front of them, which I thought was interesting. So I don't think that was the case in the previous year which I felt like was another sign that they're really trying to hype up 
the Charles of it all. Um, but Kate sort of, I guess Kate's like about to walk through the gate to go into the church area. Did I, I we, we, you, you saw this video clip, right? And then Megan kind of puts her hand on Kate's back to kind of like help usher her in. And there's this kind of like, I don't know, it's a sort of sweet moment. Though I saw someone in the comments where someone posted this saying maybe that was just Megan trying to protocol wise wait for Kate to go through before she did. But I didn't read it that way. It looked to me more just like an amiable kind of, you know, hey, Kate, come on through sort of thing. Right. I love that there's so little kind of physical interaction between the royals that any even accidental brush is we right. read into it so much and we're like charmed like by it. Like the super polite, meaningless thing becomes like the touch looked at around the world. Um, and But I don't know. I thought everyone looked great, though. I thought the coats were really on point. I feel like the previous year there had been sort of more unusual hat and coat choices. This year was pretty, I thought people looked good. Um, right. What did you think? I I think Katie Nichol kind of called it. She said to look out for the warm, friendly display, kind of putting to end any feud of a rivalry. And it seems very much like they had had a crash course with maybe a body language advisor or something. They were kind of turned towards each other, smiling the whole time. It was, it, it seemed exactly as... I guess I imagined. I, I would have loved for there to have been a little bit more looseness, but there never is. But I love some of these details from this Sun report that you found. Yes. So after after they spent kind of Christmas together, people reported that the big Meg and Kate interaction on Christmas day was that they played Scrabble. They played board games. And again, this is a little bit of a letdown to me just because Scrabble is so boring. Do you like Scrabble, Josh? Right. We wanted, you know, like gin, rummy, like drunken. (laughs) Right, right. um, Full on, you know, Christmas, like the tree falls over. Instead, it's just board games. Board games. This report from The Sun. The sisters-in-law happily played board games on Christmas Day. At one point, the pair even teamed up during traditional quiz games at the Queen's Sandringham Retreat. Okay, I need more details. What kind of quiz game? Is this pop culture related? Did they have to act out anything? Who won? Were they playing? Who were they playing against? I, I don't understand how the Sun couldn't have asked for more details. Completely agree with you. An insider said, if German and British troops could put their differences to one side to play football during World War One, like, what is this, this comparison, this reference? The feeling was Kate and Meghan could follow suit for Scrabble. So that just raises more questions. Was Scrabble just, is that what the PR people decided? Like, okay, this is what we need to put these rumors to rest, finally. Was Scrabble the sort of olive branch? Yeah, this feels to me crisis management devised. Um, You know, we're going to put out there that they were playing Scrabble. I feel like there was no Scrabble being played. Right. I Apparently the whole family watched the Queen's speech and then board games were brought out. The Sun reports, pregnant Meghan wasn't drinking, but Kate had a glass of wine or two, or two, and everyone was in great spirits. I feel though... Maybe because there's so many people there and that it does feel like this isn't even... I'm sure in every case, 
Kate and William do their own thing later. Harry and Meghan do their own thing later. Maybe this is sort of just a performative, we're going to play a game of Scrabble and go to sleep kind of thing. Josh, why do you and I have such high expectations? I feel like we always are expecting some unpredictable, who would have imagined moment. And But you know what? I feel as if... I feel as if stuff like that does happen. We just don't get the goods always. Right. Until later, until later. For example, all the stuff about what actually went on at Megan's wedding, I feel like that didn't come out until months later. That's true. That's true. Maybe there are still reports to be had. Maybe someone threw a drink. I don't know. Just Scrabble being the centerpiece of this holiday report seems kind of sad. Like, Josh, if. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm still hung up on this. If German and British troops could put their differences to one side to play football during World War One, what? I mean, because I feel like in this case, I feel you or me might use that as a joke. But in this case, I don't even know if the, these British outlets even mean it in a joking manner at this point. Right. I would pay you $100 to drop that reference into casual conversation. My God. What got a lot of attention before, and we talked to Katie Nichol about this, was there was all these reports about if Meghan was going to let Harry, which is sort of how it was being framed in the British tabloids, participate in the the big shoot that they do every year on Boxing Day. Um, And one of the big stories, I guess, that came out of the whole Sandringham Christmas was that Kate went on the shoot this year. Um, But after, I guess, reportedly, Meghan had already left. There's just so much weird stuff in here because then they also say that Kate was raring to get a gun in her hands I, for the for the hunt as if she's this kind of like you know hunting fiend or something right that she um, she has a special gun that's a little bit lighter and easier to use than the usual twelve bore. I love that the Daily Mail outfitted this report with all these archival photos of Kate hunting, which I had never seen before. Josh, I included an attachment at the bottom here. I did see this photo and I could not believe it. Well, because I have to say we love the Daily Mail and we only say this with love. But I feel as if it's a little confusing. It's a little bit of a journalistic question mark to me because when I saw this in the Twitter, in like what came up in Twitter is like the story, and they had this photo, and I thought it had been taken that day. But it turns out this photo is from like 2013 or something. So I almost feel like the Daily Mail was holding on to these photos for this moment or something. Because I had never seen them before. Right. They have totally have a royal subsection called hunting <laughs> and just all these photos and the files. And they cracked open the archive and she's wearing this like giant coonskin cap kind of thing. And I don't even know, holding two animals, it looks like, in either hand. There's another amazing photo of her with like a Rambo style <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what you call it. It's like a belt of bullets around herself and she's out shooting kind of like she's in the favorite or something. Yeah. It re- oh yeah, it is really reminiscent. It's 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 odd. But anyway, I guess this is like British upper society whatever standard practice. So Right. The insider also told the Daily Mail that Meghan is slowly adjusting to royal traditions. Megan has realized that the royals have been doing this for centuries and aren't going to change their ways, the source said. Harry has explained to her that the numbers of birds need to be kept down on the estate, and that is all part of the management. 
That's wild to me. Let's move on, shall we? Josh flew in. He kind of surprised me after the holidays by visiting LA so we could go to the Golden Globes together. Yeah, it was so fun. Uh, I don't like any award show to be separated from Julie, so I decided to uh, go head on over. Right. I would say we had... It was a little bit like Romeo and Juliet during the actual ceremony, though, because Ugh. we were unfortunately in two different areas. Julie was in the press room doing an incredible job, kind of immediately conveying what was being said by the winners um, onto Twitter and elsewhere for VanityFair.com, where I was in this kind of elaborate viewing party that was kind of right next door. So we were just separated by a wall. Um, but I was right by the engraving station where the winners came at the end of the night to get their Golden Globe engraved. And there were these big TVs where you could watch during the actual ceremony. Um, it was a strange setting, I would say. Julie was there for part of it. Um, but it was kind of fun. And I feel like it, it, most people were paying attention so you could kind of watch. But the engraving station was wild. Because when the winners came in at the end, everyone sort of mobs around and they kind of have some security and photographers so that you can't get too close. But people just shout the names of the winners and they kind of look over. Um, it was exciting. Who came back there? There was... Uh, I think Rachel Brosnahan was one of the first people I saw. Uh, definite is truly going to test having looked through my phone. Uh, what got me the most excited was, so I have to say to back up for a second, Lady Gaga was, I thought going to be kind of the night's big winner. I assumed she was going to win best actress and that the uh, movie was going to win. I was fully in Gaga mode. And I think as a lot of us were, we were surprised when Glenn Close took it home and then Julie, I think, had sent me a text to keep an eye out for Glenn. And I took it very seriously. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm so flattered. I knew that Glenn was going to be a major part of the party report because she gave such a moving acceptance speech. So I, I kind of texted Josh, please look out for Glenn. Cut to, he sends me... I don't think Glenn Close's own mother would have taken as many photos. Just, he must have been shooting constantly it's like i got every frame of her visit back there all these amazing photos of her interacting with christian bale christian bale's wife i would say i don't know i i looked through them i looked through them on the plane on my flight back i think it was close to 40 photos of glenn close and it really does capture every sort of emotion. I feel like any sort of expression you've ever wanted to see Glenn Close to make, I have it for you on my phone now. Also, there's one where she's staring into my soul fully. I think I posted that on my Instagram story. So if you follow me there, I think we posted that on In the Limelight too. Um, but she definitely looked right into my eye. Uh, there's somewhere she's laughing. There's somewhere she looks confused. At one point, you see her talking to this man who it sort of seems like she doesn't really know. I feel you could do an amazing picture book with my photos. Then uh, some other friend of theirs comes over. There's a lot of her talking to Christian Bale, which I was I thought could be really good for Julie's report. So I really and it was. zeroed in, and I really zeroed in on that. So I kind of every possible permutation of this Christian Bale Glenn Close probably 25 second interaction. <laughs> 
have been photo documented. It was like a Zapruder style breakdown of her her visit to that engraving station. How was Glenn in the press room? But was she? I mean, she she definitely gave. A, I feel like her speech was considered one of the highlights of the evening. She was great. Usually, I feel like the winners come backstage and they speak to press for at least five minutes. But everybody was really fast this year. I mean, I mean, there were really no. I'm trying to think, sadly, no crazy highlights. Did Gaga come back to the? press room gaga came back it would have been a little bit more exciting for me if she had one best actor right just because she would have been solo like i'm so happy glenn close won it was her first major film acting award josh i had not known that she's won golden globes before she's won tonys before she's won emmys but she had never won a golden globe or an oscar wow. right for a film acting role and everyone needs to immediately go to vanityfair.com to look for Julie's big interview with Glenn that went up on Thursday. Right. I interviewed her a couple of days after. She was still very emotional, very moved that she had won this award. It was it was a great conversation. Um, but as soon as as soon as the last winner came back through that night, Josh and I ran out we to the darted. parties. And 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 I and Julie's an old pro at the Golden Globes party circuit. For me, it was very interesting that the everything is in the same venue, so Julie and I could really hop around. It was almost like a convention center vibe or something. You could hop from room to room, uh, and every room has this like elaborate, amazing party. It's kind of incredible, right? Um, so I guess what we did is we started at Fox where we saw Taylor Swift, who was a surprise presenter at the awards because she was there with her boyfriend, Joe Aylwin, is in The Favorite. Um, so she was kind of in this section with like Olivia Coleman and Emma Stone and the other kind of kind of assembled favorite team people. I love that Joe kind of led Taylor into the parties as though it was just, you know, any other date, any other... You know, and it's Taylor Swift. She looked incredible. She had this kind of off-the-shoulder gown on, black And I like that she presented to Lady Gaga. It was this kind of, like, pop star union in the middle of the show because she gave the award for best song. So, like, the, the Fox Party was, you know, this kind of favorite was the big winner there. Also, Rami Malek and Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, so I feel like that was a really good party for us to hit at first. It's kind of like interesting because of how many parties there are that it's hard to gauge where to go when. Other fun sightings were when we walked into the InStyle party, I saw Patricia Arquette uh, walking out (laughs) holding a a kind of venti-sized large Starbucks hot coffee Though I guess I don't really know it was hot coffee, so don't take my word for it. Because but a a, star, a giant Starbucks cup, looking as if she was coming out of a business meeting or something, <laughs> and I thought it was just amazing. This is my favorite sighting of the night because let it be known that there is no Starbucks on the premises yeah. at the Beverly Hilton. It's such a mystery. Such a mystery. I want to think that somehow she just you know needed to pick me up. Maybe she was heading out to another party. Ask, you know, wanted that Starbucks fast. God knows I'd love to have an attendant who was just responsible for providing me with a Starbucks when I needed it. So everybody's in black tie drinking champagne and she is just gripping the Starbucks cup. So good. 
And I should note a big gossip story that came out of the Globes that Julie and I did not get witness firsthand, but I've been asked about it by a few people, was Kate Beckinsale and Pete Davidson. Did you see them? I saw, I walked into the Netflix party and I saw this woman standing there in this white dress. It kind of looked like a Britney Spears, like, lingerie thing that she's, that she's worn to, like, a VMAs, but made into a long gown if you haven't seen it look it up it's it's very scandalous uh it's kind of like she's wearing nothing at all it's like a white lace teddy anyway i thought it was like a 20 year old model wearing like yes wearing a very scandalous dress she was being swooned over by these two men she dropped her vape pen and one like frantically couldn't get down to pick it up fast enough but they definitely weren't pete davidson i did not have eyes on pete davidson all yeah, night and you wouldn't and i feel like you would have noticed him because he's so tall and oh wow i'm looking up the outfit now this is a look you you really nailed it with the description of the vibe Right. Um, So very scandalous, but good for her. Good for her. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I guess we can't confirm or deny that report. I feel, though, it's interesting because it's so spread out. You don't. It's hard. It's not like there's one centralized party where you see everyone who was at the Golden Globes. It's more that everyone's hopping around. We walked into the Amazon party right as the whole Maisel cast was leaving. That wasn't our best timing um we saw yeah i don't know who else did we oh i saw um jenna duan channing tatum's ex with uh her new boyfriend holding hands hot 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 sighting great great couple um but it was a lot of fun and i josh and i really need to do another award show this so season. much fun Julie and I ended the night. We were very hungry. We hadn't eaten. So we went to this really great, what was it called, Julie? Saddle Ranch or something? I'm the worst host. Josh was my out-of-town guest, essentially. Had never been to the Golden Globe. So I took on kind of, I was host of the night, captain of the evening. We walked out and all the roads are blocked off. So I thought it would just, we would just have to walk about, maybe one block to get an uber it's raining it's cold josh and i walk probably a mile before we find an uber josh is so tired he's not complaining because like i'm very stressed out clearly it's about 12 45 on a sunday night we're both starving and very wet at this point from the rain. Very wet at this point. I ended up flagging down some guy that probably wasn't even an Uber driver. I agreed to PayPal him to take us back to Josh's hotel. It was a whole... It was so... Oh, I, no, but Julie was the hero. She was so resourceful. She got us the car. She paid for the, the Ford via PayPal, which I wouldn't even know how to go about if I was on a desert island and it was my only way back to the civilization. And... But then we ended the night at this kind of saloon-style diner. No, it was, was like a sports bar. I'd say they, yeah. they had one of those bowls that you ride. In the- oh, yeah, they had a mechanical bowl, which it's honestly surprising at that point in the night. I didn't hop on to see how I fared. Uh, but it was great. I got lettuce chicken wraps. And by great, he means it was it was a place 
outside of the rain where we could end the night because the food was terrible. I have never had such a bad dinner, but the company made up for it, and I owe Josh a fantastic meal. another heroic Julie moment was that she so assiduously hardworking she had her laptop out at this saloon and i would venture to say it's the first time anyone has ever had a laptop at the sports bar opened or even attempted to do anything related to work so she should have been given a prize by the mater d honestly the mater d which i mean it was a night it was a night speaking of big bashes kate middleton turned 37 (laughs) we are wild this is just a a wild transition Uh, She turns 37 this week. Now she's the same age as Megan, which kind of seems like, I don't know, a dig the way you have this down on the script. She celebrated with... No, you know why I put that in? Because I am always surprised somehow that they're the same age. I don't know. I know. It is surprising. You know what? I, I think it's because this happens a lot. I've noticed like Miley Cyrus... I always think is like 33, but she's 25. You know, like I feel when someone's been famous for so long, like Kate Middleton has, whereas Megan's new on the scene. Am I making sense here? Yeah, no, you're totally making sense. Anyway, but she had a tea party. (laughs) She had a tea party. I really wanted her to have some fun bash. Josh, what would you have planned for her if you were you were William? Yeah, I wish that they would go full Kardashian have like an Instagram friendly cake where Kate opens it and does a boomerang and all the sprinkles come out. Ed Sheeran performing. Like I wanted full, this is like what I was saying before about Christmas. I'm sick of this low key royal nonsense. They're royals, you know, like take advantage of it. Right. Next next year, we're going to figure out how Kris Jenner can plan this party. Yeah, honestly, let's get some sponsored content out of it. Get the Fiji water girl from the Globes there. Okay, William went to an appearance. I thought this was kind of, I mean, it's not really that weird, so I'm not going to make more of it than it should be made of, but it was kind of interesting. But William went to an appearance the morning of her birthday. Julie, how would you feel about that if you're Kate and the morning of your birthday, William has to peace out? It's not like he does appearances every day this week. This was his first one in 2019, and it was for the morning of her birthday. Mm, I'd be a little bit annoyed unless he made it up to me with like an amazing cake. Or a present. At this event, which was for the London Air Ambulance Charity, two children presented him with a handmade card to give to Kate. Well done for remembering, he said, when they gave it to him. I did remember this morning, so that was okay. I don't know, Julie. Is that a joke? Yes. Okay, so obviously I read that in the most straight-laced intonation possible. It was presented as a joke I don't know if we think this is like a hilarious joke. Um, I guess he's trying to, you know, do his little classic dad humor, you know, like, thankfully, I remembered her birthday. It's weird that the palace would schedule this because it would almost seem like a diversion. People wanting to talk about Kate's birthday. Maybe they did that strategically. I don't know. I didn't think when I heard that he was doing this, I didn't think it was that weird. But then once it actually happened, I was... I was, you know, I just I raised a little bit of an eyebrow, just a little. Maybe she got um, a mani pedi though while he was out. Yeah, maybe Pippa came over. They had a fun morning. Mimosa brunch. Exactly. Somehow I doubt it, but maybe. Um, per Katie Nickel, our friend of the podcast, and if you haven't listened to our episode with her, make sure you do that, which was recorded right before New Year's, right? Um, but. According to Katie, William came home after the appearance, 
and I wrote, got this party started, but I was being facetious. Uh, Kate's not into big birthday celebrations. This is from Katie Nichol. But George and Charlotte adore birthday cake, so there will be a special tea party at the palace with candles and presents, according to a source. Kate apparently spent the day at home with Charlotte and Louie. Julie is grimacing right now. So am I. Um, It sounds like a very low-key birthday. And sort of to add interesting contrast and contracts jesus that's a (laughs) know what kind of word that is but pippa james her brother and sister carol her mom pippa's brother-in-law james matthew spencer matthew sorry they went on this wild vacation to saint bard that the daily mail covered in intense detail meanwhile she's at home having this tea party Uh, kate was not on the trip I don't know. I hope this was a fun birthday and there's just stuff we don't know about, which I'm sure is actually the case. Julie, do we think Megan acknowledged the birthday? Well, I guess we know she acknowledged it. How do we think she acknowledged it? Do we think she gave Kate a gift? I'm sure she gave her something ornate for Christmas. Did she have another kind of fun surprise planned for her birthday too? Or did she play it a little cool? What do you think? I think she definitely broke out that calligraphy pen to make maybe a handmade card. And she definitely included some sort of token, a small gift. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Josh, what do you think she would give her? Yeah, maybe something sweet related to Christmas if they had some sort of a piece from the Scrabble game. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't think she went overboard. I don't think she did. I think, well, I don't know. I don't have a birthday right around Christmas holidays time. But I feel like if they just did a huge gift exchange, maybe it was something a little more sentimental or like a really nice note. Right. It's interesting to me, all of these like royal birthdays, that's such an easy PR bump for the palace. I wish they would have given us one more detail. What kind of cake was it? What did George give his mom? Like, that's so easy. Did the family sing happy birthday to her? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I am not in along. I was like, I was so disappointed when also you looked at the Kensington Royal Instagram account. I don't know if you did on Kate's yes. birthday. And they posted just sort of a random photo of her. I don't know when it was from. She looked great, but like it wasn't, I don't know. I wanted something. Like I know. A new portrait or I don't know, or some, or well wishes from William and George. I don't know, something. Oh, that would have been great. Because like a- I do agree with you. It's so easy to, at this in this day and age, we know from the crown when new technology enters the mix, the royals try to figure out how to capitalize on it. I feel like they're getting better, but they could be doing so much more on social media. Agreed. Agreed. Well, really, I'm bringing in the historical. Uh, speaking of Kate's family and this vacation, James Middleton. So the Daily Mail, right before you're about to record this podcast, put out a big story. So by the time you're listening to this, he might no longer be on Instagram or maybe it'll be a private account. But as of this recording, James Middleton, Kate's brother, who I would say is the most, I guess, private or low profile of the kind of royal adjacent sibling types, um, the Daily Mail kind of put out that his Instagram is public and you can find it. Uh, Somehow he only has 7,000 followers. Um, But now that the Daily Mail is on it, I'm sure he's going to have a whole lot more. Josh, did you Uh, follow him before this? I did follow him like an hour ago. 
I love the way the Daily Mail, as usual, tries to spin this as like somehow extremely scandalous. So the headline is, James Middleton gives a tantalizing glimpse into his wholesome life in the Scottish wilderness in very candid Instagram snaps. What a, Having looked through... <laughs> what a journey <laughs> that sentence is. Having looked through all of them, I can tell you they're not at all scandalous really it's a lot of like outdoor photos a lot of dogs i would say it's mostly dogs there's no there's no kate there's one or two pippa photos um what were you gonna ask what was your biggest takeaway what did you learn what was the most surprising thing you learned i didn't learn on i mean it was it's definitely interesting to see because it's it's sort of a normal person's instagram account in most ways it doesn't feel particularly mannered or curated um, there's some photos of his ex, Donna Air. So the Daily Mail was very focused on that. But in the slew thing I did, he follows about 300 people, including Taylor Swift, Emma, Emma Watson, Ellie Goulding. And to me, most interestingly, though I guess considering how the British society works, who really knows, but Cressida Bonus, Prince Harry's ex girlfriend. But she's still tight with all of them, and she went to Harry and Meghan's wedding and Eugenie's wedding, so I guess it's not the craziest thing ever, but I do kind of think it's interesting. That's so much more fascinating than anything the Daily Mail turned up about that Instagram feed. He also follows uh, British GQ, GQ Style. He follows um, like sort of like a few meme accounts that looked like um also i didn't have time right before this podcast but i know you guys are an amazing fan base are in the limelight crew if any of you guys want to do some more sleuthing i feel like if kate did have a secret instagram he would be following it or it would be following james and he's only following about 300 people so I cannot believe, actually, I can't believe this, so I don't think it should be as a shock to anyone, but I had the thought that maybe later today I would try to look through the 300 more carefully to see if I can figure out if he's following Kate somehow. I love this, Um, like, extra credit challenge you're throwing at our listeners. I want to look, too. Though I'm nervous, because even in the half hour before we recorded, his following count went up by, like, a 1,000 people following him. So I I feel like he's going to come out of whatever he's doing right now and see that he has all these followers and maybe get nervous and either go private or do something. But if you have any insight into James's Instagram presence, please let us know. Another news item broke right before we were about to record from Us Weekly about Meghan Markle. The magazine claims that Meghan is miserable these days and Harry is taking full responsibility. The source says, Megan made a huge sacrifice by moving across the pond away from her mom and friends. Marrying into the royal family isn't anywhere near as glamorous as it seems, so in a lot of ways, Harry feels responsible for Megan being so miserable. Us reports that Harry wanted to make a public statement many times defending Megan, but was advised not to. And the report also added that Megan is so used to having a publicist who can quickly respond to reports, quash rumors, and wasn't able to do so. So that has been especially frustrating. The source adds, Megan has so much on her plate between being pregnant and the public backlash. She's finding the whole situation incredibly stressful. You would not know that, though, because on Thursday, she also made her first appearance in the new year in official capacity. She visited one of her new patronages, SmartWorks, which helps 
vulnerable and longtime unemployed women regain the skills and confidence to get into work. It's one of the four patronage, four patronages Megan will champion. Josh, did you see the photos of this visit? Yeah, I I didn't get to pick through them too carefully, but I saw the gist, which was that she was helping. It's the idea is you help people prepare for interviews, right, and style them. And it felt very Megan to me. Very Megan. She went in this very Angelina Jolie outfit. She had a very body-hugging black dress on along with a camel coat. And I love, love, love that they have video footage of her styling one of these women. And she puts a woman in almost the identical camel coat. (laughs) I did not see that. That's amazing. I mean, this is so funny to me because it's... um. I guess if there's anyone in the world who I'd want to help me prepare for an interview, even unrelated to anything that's in her background or whatever, it'd be Megan. I feel like she would know how to help me. It felt like um, it was so Megan on the nose that I was kind of impressed, actually. I guess she's made a lot of secret visits to the center, so that's good. I'm always intrigued whenever they talk. It's the same as when she did the cookbook. It's always amazing to me the operation. <laughs> oh, they just the more people aren't like us, and if they saw Meghan Markle walking out of a kitchen or whatever that place was or this place is, like that there aren't covert photos or like these secret visits, kind of perplex me. I think you know what else is kind of interesting. Like I feel like most of the the things we see Kate and Harry and William do, they never really interact that much. It seems like all of Meghan's appearances are so hands on. And maybe that's what's making it seem a little odd. Right. The video of her getting out of the car, there's a woman there to greet her. And the woman is like ready for the handshake. And of course, Megan doesn't do handshakes. She does a quick handshake and then she comes in for the hug, which you can tell the woman is like very taken aback, like frozen in place, doesn't know what to do. And then Megan gives her full double air kisses like she's Victoria Beckham. I think that honestly is what she, uh, this is, I, I'm really playing into media narratives now, but it feels Princess Diana-y a little. Like, she really gets, like, on the ground in the mix. But you know what? At the beginning of this podcast, Josh and I were talking about how we wanted more unpredictable moments from royals, and I sure didn't see those air kisses coming. Mm-hmm. This was not the event we would have expected for her first one back. We will give her that. I think next week, by the way, we're in for a whole bunch of appearances. So we'll have a lot to talk about because Harry, Meghan, Kate are all going to be out there. <laughs> I just made that, that maybe that sound like a, the battle metaphor we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that does it for this week's episode. We thank you guys for listening uh, to the first episode of 2019. We have now been doing this podcast for two calendar years right Julie? two calendar years i'm excited for another one how cool how cool yeah check us out on apple Podcasts. all of that we have a voicemail so if anyone is into that james middleton sleuthing or has any i guess hopes expectations messages for the royals in the new year please call in that number is 347-790-0966 
Also, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. I'm at J. Dubop. We're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Daniel Roth. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Until then. No bad energy. Woo! Really taking that LA energy back to the East Coast. <laughs>